What's up, everybody? Welcome into the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast, the podcast where everything's made up and the points don't matter. That's right. The points are like telling a middle school boy to bring deodorant to camp. Irrelevant. It it doesn't matter. Nope. He's going to stink anyway. Derek, how you doing? I am fantastic, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, I... We live in Minnesota and there's still snow on the ground. So there's unfortunately, only so good it, I can be. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was I was feeling optimistic because I'm a track coach, as you know. Yeah. And so we've been inside for a long time. And so it's one of those things is like, finally, we've hit some warm weather. Stuff is, you can actually see grass now, which is yep, super nice. That's true. And so like, I'm, like, I'm optimistic. I'm looking at the extended forecast. We're going to hit 50 here in a little bit. And I was like, we are done with this. And I was listening to KFAN this morning. And they were saying, we have any other storm coming in like the next two days. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So the depression just came roaring back. I heard that there was a 60 degree day coming up though. So that's uh that's definitely a win. It's also, you mentioned that the snow is starting to melt. There's some grass yes. visible. It's only visible on the South side of everybody's lawn. Cause that's where the sun is. Like that's the thing in Minnesota, right? You gotta like the South side of everybody's lawn is green. The North side it is behind the house. Yep. Sure. And so it's still full of snow. I was waiting for some kind of punchline because that's just how you roll. Ah, no, you, sorry you, to disappoint. You, you brought actual science into this podcast. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> My bad. Uh, so quick question of the day before we get into the episode, Derek. Uh, so we have been on YouTube and Instagram for two episodes now. So first question is, have you gone back and watched any clips? And if so, what have you learned? Yeah, I've learned a few things and actually watched back. I'm going to give a huge shout out to Tucker because Kyle's brother, as you did, if you've been following along, you know, he kind of has pioneered uh, getting some stuff on social media for us and you got some good graphics. You just threw something at him last yeah, episode. That's like, true. Hey, Tucker, I'm not even asking you this, but give me a graphic here. And he rocked it out. So he did awesome. It's been super fun to see that, but I have <laughs> looked back and one of the things that I told my wife immediately, like like after the first clip dropped, I told her, I was like, do I look this tired all of the time? <laughs> because I literally <laughs> looked absolutely gassed in those first few episodes. Like, I don't know if I was, and I knew I was running on empty uh, in terms of energy, but I just looked miserable and I wasn't, but I just, she goes, yeah, you've kind of looked that way for a while now. And I'm like, you got, you got to be kidding me. But. A loving wife doesn't even tell me that. Come on. No. Uh, I, and you don't even, typically we record these on Thursdays. Yep. I'm the one coming off of a Wednesday night. Right. Like you're not doing that anymore and you're still looking tired. No, I know. It, I think it, it, it more so is I've got like 27 irons in one little fire right now between. Fair coaching and church stuff and as you now know like the whole kid element adds Two of some them. different yeah adds some different uniqueness to it too so it's fun though but no it's uh the other thing that i have noticed and i'm sure you can you can attest to this is even now i'm like do I look at the camera or do I look at you and like what yep. do I, like the whole Ricky Bobby like what do I do with my hands kind of thing? <laughs> it's like the epitome of what I'm I doing. I don't know what to do with my hands. I, I, I'm hyper aware. <laughs> Even like the start of this episode, I was like, I was like grasping my computer. I'm like, what the heck am yeah, I doing? Do I, 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 I've never grasped my computer like this. What <laughs> am I doing? But you don't know, a word is underutilized in the English language is grasped, which just makes me think of the SpongeBob episode. Firmly they grasp it. it. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many one-liners in SpongeBob yes. that just get SpongeBob is awesome. Uh, one of the things that I learned, I I watched a, a clip last night, and I'll tell you why in a second. There was a purpose behind it, but I was like, oh my gosh, I have terrible posture, and so like I'm like I gotta sit straight up. Uh, you know, like I'm like, I'm like all slouched over, like, you know, reclining in my chair. And so I was not impressed with that. Well, um, but there was a reason that I went back and, and looked at one of the clips from, you know, the last recording was because we do these two episodes at a time. And so from the video's point of view, it looks like, you know, it looks like we wore the same ep- outfit for two episodes in a row because we did. Yeah. So I went back and I looked at what I wore last time so that I didn't wear the same thing because that'd be four episodes in a row. Because like, if you think about it, like what are the odds of you picking out the same outfit like two days in a row? Not great. Right. But 
two weeks, two weeks apart, you could wear the same outfit twice. And so, like, I even think about that on Wednesday nights. Yeah, I'm like, yo, know, what did what sweatshirt did I wear? Like, because I almost exclusively wore sweatshirts because they're awesome and they're comfortable. And we live in Minnesota. And we live in and I work at a church, and churches are always freezing. Correct. But I, I so that runs through my mind, and so then for. Uh, for the podcast, it was the same thing. I was like, I don't want to wear the same thing two episodes in a row. Dude, that and it's so accurate too, because to your point, you're coming off of a Wednesday night. Yep. So like you're not you're not going to the nines to get all dressed up. Like you're just like I'm chill off. Chilling day. I got sweatpants, sweatshirt. Yep. I didn't even bother with contacts today, just going straight to glasses. The only thing I'm missing is a hat. It's, like I did shower this morning, I'm which impressed. was which was a win. Proud of you. Yeah. That's, that's super nice. I uh, I had to change today because I um as you will see on the screen, I have a Nike hoodie on this morning mm-hmm. and I'm going to track practice after this. So I got like my Nike jogger running pants on. Sure. And so I was also wearing at the time my white Nike high tops. And I'm like, I need to change out of these shoes right now because I look like an absolute buffoon. I'm a walking <laughs> billboard. I love my Nike stuff, like full fledged. I'll wear a Nike any chance I get. But I feel like when you are that coordinated, yeah, it just looks like one, you're loaded, which LOL, I'm not. But Fair. secondly, it's one of those things where it's like, I just feel like I tried to do this. And if you tried to be that coordinated, like you're just a little <laughs> oh, different. for sure. I'll I'll give a shout out because we went to so we went to a youth conference a couple of years ago our youth ministry and you know I I'll give a plug here for GroupMe uh, it is a fantastic group messaging app because everybody knows that iPhones and Androids don't like to communicate with each other and so it's a great platform for everybody with multiple phone manufacturers to all communicate in the same place. And so we had a, a group me conversation for all of the adult leaders that were, you know, chaperoning this event and there were no logistics to it. Everybody was just making fun of the outfit that the speaker was wearing. Oh boy. And and we talked about this. Like it was, it was so (laughs) funny because like his, his outfit in total, I think we calculated the one night he spoke, his outfit was like 17 or $1,800 between his shirt, his jacket, his pants, and his shoes. And I, coincidentally, that day was wearing head-to-toe Old Navy, and which I, I was like, that seems about right for me. Which is about $18. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, clearance rack, man, come on. But I, I, we had a missionary or uh, evangelist come in and speak at our church about a month ago. And he won huge bonus points in my book because he should, we did like, we went old school with it. He spoke at our morning services and then he came back and did a night service. Nice. Uh, like super old school Pentecostal schedule. And and for the night service, he showed up in black jeans and a black t-shirt. And I was just like, this dude is awesome. I love that. Like that, that is what we need more of. Uh, not people walking around with like 12 Nike attires on all at once or something. It was like a sliding. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Okay, but you and I both know that your outfit, even before you changed shoes, was not $1,700. Yeah, no, it definitely it was not Albertville Outlet Mall, and uh, these Nike joggers have, I've ran oh, yeah. two marathons in them, and, nice. uh, and I many practices. And feel like there's a lifespan to shoes that is less than two marathons. Yeah, that's 100% accurate. Okay, yeah. I actually can't talk because I, so I have a pretty severe bone bruise on my right heel. Because I was playing basketball with some students and I I jumped and I landed heel first, which is, uh, for those of you that are not athletic, uh, that's not the proper form. Nor is jumping. it pleasant. <laughs> Nor is it pleasant. And so it like, I have had a really hard time walking the last couple of days, but <clears throat> I had a, uh, a, the shoes that I was wearing were like, there's no tread. Like it is smooth on the bottom very like tabletop smooth and it is like pressing into a brick if you push down on the padding on the heel and so i kind of deserved it uh caveat to the whole story we won the pickup game yeah naturally uh, which was what was important uh i was the best shooting performance of my life and i hope that one of the people listening was at the game and they can just relive their shame 
Well, I also have a vivid memory of you playing basketball in jeans at one point in, at one point in time. So it does not surprise me in the slightest. I am I am at my best on the court when I have subpar uh, equipment. Yeah, I, I like that. So no <laughs> apparently. <laughs> okay, we should probably dive into today's episode. Uh, so we are... I, I'm actually going to give the, the backdrop to this episode because... Uh, this is every youth pastor has probably experienced this, uh, you know, where, where you are doing something, uh, with your youth ministry and a student is like, Oh, I can't make it. Cause I have this going on. Uh, and it's especially entertaining for me almost when it is like, like we have our mission teams, which is something that a student signs up and commits to. And then they have, that, you know, you get the message like, "Hey, I can't be at the training meeting we have because I got this theater thing going on, or I got a you know basketball game or whatever." And and a lot of times the question is, "Is that okay?" And I'm like, I feel like I have two options of what I could answer here, and they're both not ideal. <laughs> no, I would say they're both losing, no matter which which answer you have. Right, because on one hand, if you say yes, like it's okay. You're like, you know, I'm I'm bummed you're not here and and you committed to this, so you probably should be. But I don't feel like I can say no. Correct. Because if I say no, then it's I'm the, I'm like I look like a jerk, right? Well, and even in the way it's asked, like is that okay? It's like is it okay? I mean, yeah, you're not going to go to hell because you didn't show up to our mission team meeting. <laughs> Debatable. But like <laughs> Is this preferential and is this helpful? No, I mean you you got you got to be here, you know. Right, like, and it's it, it's just it is the times have changed. Like I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like when you when you and I were in high school, which was in retrospect not that long ago. Like I'm coming up on ten years. 10 yeah, year this reunion. is this year's my ten year anniversary. Yeah, which you Gross. know, depending on where you're at, that seems like a long time to some of our older listeners. Are like, oh gosh, you guys are babies. Like, but. My point is, 10 years ago, I have vivid memories of practices ended early on Wednesdays. Oh, yeah. You know, there or, we, or there just wasn't practice on Wednesdays. Yeah. I remember it, youth football. We practiced Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and then game on Saturday. Yep. And, and nothing our, and, on Sundays. Yeah. There was nothing on Sundays, nothing on Wednesdays. And then our Friday practices got out early so we could go home, shower, eat, and get to the varsity game that night. Yep. Yeah. And like now it's, I mean, it's, it's like I have, even at the high school level at track right now, mm-hmm. we have practices going until 8 PM, you know, because of gym yeah. space and different things. It's like, it's just, it's crazy how things have changed. And even with, uh, with football in Minnesota specifically, every year, all of the teams have one game that is on a Wednesday. It is like, it is on a Wednesday night. And that just it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And you know, to, to people who don't have church obligations, like, yeah, that's fine. Who cares? Like mm-hmm. things are changing, but as youth pastors in the room, it kind of, you know, it puts you in a precarious spot because on one hand, you want your athletes and your students to pursue their dreams, to to go and do what they're, they're going to do. Also, at the same time, understanding that, like, you know, we have to get good at prioritizing our faith, even when it's not easy, you know? And so I know we're going to get into this in a crazy, crazy way, but I think, you know, Kyle, what you're kind of leading into here is, you know, these are very real examples and very real time things that are happening. And so it's like, it kind of just brings up a topic as to like, what is our role here as pastors? Yeah. Because the reality in the room is that youth sports theater, basically church loses every time, you know, it's, it's just the reality of the situation. Uh, you know, like we, we can't sit here and, you know, demand that kids come to church over these other activities. We think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I think most for sure. most youth pastors think it would be pretty cool mm-hmm. if church won one out of ten times. Yep, <laughs> right. But it just doesn't happen, and and it got that situation kind of got us thinking about you know some of the some of the things that you give up uh, when you step into leadership roles. Uh, and and so what we're gonna do is kind of look at the the rights that are relinquished as you step into leadership. And and this is going to be a fun episode because this uh, stretches far beyond 
youth ministry, far beyond the church world, any position of leadership, this is uh, this is going to be true of. At least it should be, you know. Well, yes. Ideally, these things are. You can absolutely be a leader and ignore all of these. You probably won't be a very good one. No, no. And I think that's where that kind of is the premise for this episode. Is it's what we're going to tackle today. It's not that it's physically impossible. It's that it's very much suggested that you do not cross these lines. If you want to be respected, if you want to be honored, if you want to be effective, these are the things that you need to keep in mind. Uh, because I think, honestly, Kyle, I think there's this misconception that it feels like the higher you go, the more rights you ought to deserve. Like, yeah. like, like if, yep. I'm, if I'm the CEO of the company, I get to do what I want. I have every right possible, you know, and, and that's kind of the misconception is the higher you go, the more that comes to you, the more rights you have. But as we're going to tackle here, it's actually just the other way around. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there are... There's a, there's rights that we all have. Like, you know, you could start there. Like, you know, we live in America and we have the Bill of Rights. Right? <laughs> like, you know, we have a right to free speech and you got a right to bear arms and have a fast trial and the government can't take... I, I don't even know that I could name five of the 10 rights in the Bill of Rights, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's those kinds of rights that we all have as human beings. Uh, I'm pretty sure that, like, the Geneva Convention established some sort of rights like you can't be tortured uh for being in opposition in war or or something like that i'd like i don't know there's there's a whole bunch of rights like that uh but you know what we want to kind of talk about is some of the rights that you give up voluntarily that are not inherent they, they might be inherent like these other rights for normal people but as you rise up in an organization uh, you got to take uh, take a back seat on some of these things, and so the first one that I want to want to talk about, and this is like kind of a this is like the prequel to to this list, uh, and because this one is church specific, uh, you know there are opinions that you cannot share with your students or with your congregation, specifically, like I legally cannot endorse a political candidate from the pulpit. You know, I, I cannot get up on a Wednesday night and say, if you are 18 in the room, you should vote for this person. And let me tell you why. Uh, you know, I can talk about general political ideas, uh, you know, values that, that the Bible might have and how they do and do not correlate to a particular uh, party, you know, party or you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 again, like I would not specifically say the words Democrat or Republican on a Wednesday night, but you could say, uh, you know, this is something that, that I value. Um, you can even like, if you want to have a political candidates sign in your yard, that's fine. You can talk about them on social media, but from the pulpit on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, you legally cannot endorse a candidate. And so that would be, that's the one like actual legal right that I can think of that you give up when you step into leadership at a church. Yeah. And I, a lot of people will get so close, you know, to what, mm. and I don't know how you feel about this. This might be more of an opinion than anything else. Um, you know, but it's that, that alone, the political infrastructure from the pulpit gets very tricky uh, no matter which way you dice, like we need to tackle real life things, right? I'm not saying we just need to skirt around anything political because it doesn't, mm. it's not all just vanilla and easy, but it is, it gets really, really dangerous when without, I mean, people are not dumb. Like they can read between the lines. Like you can, people can walk away and go, I know exactly who he's voting for. And I know exactly who he's not voting for. And something that I have, I will kind of stand behind is, um, you know, I I don't necessarily want my congregation to know who I'm voting for. And that might be more of a hot take, I guess. But my point is, I firmly believe as Christians, we need to be involved in this decision. However, it's one of those things like the political atmosphere is so divisive. Like you yeah. cannot look at American politics and say this isn't incredibly divisive. Like there's no way because it literally is, it's designed that way. You're, mm -hmm. We have two main parties that are very, very different, you know? And so um, 
it is one of those things that I firmly agree. You know, are there certain issues and certain topics within each political venue that we need to tackle? hundred percent. There's some very real things that I think the Bible has some strong stances on that we need to discuss. However, it is one of those things. And I'm gonna take it another level here. Um, nor would I probably encourage you going completely postal with your church Facebook page about endorsing certain certain campaigns and that kind of thing. Like, I don't think that you can. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I, I yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how like the like the church's social media page you're talking right, about. Correct. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I guess I don't know about you know the legality of that one, but I agree it's something that should be. 100% avoided. Yeah. Well, and then there's the discussion of your personal Facebook too. And I, right. We'll have to get into that. We'll get there. No, we'll get there later. Uh, so, okay. So that's like the actual legal, uh, right that you do give up specifically within a church, but let's talk about some of the, uh, some of the other just generic rights that you give up, uh, when you are in leadership within an organization. The first one that I want to talk about is the right to complain, uh, you know, it is, I'd say common, uh, amongst coworkers, right? Like, ah, oh, we're complaining about our boss, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, when you have coworkers that are all on the same level, uh, you know, you can, you can get away with that. Uh, you know, you're all, you're all kind of at the same hierarchy level. Um, you know, for me, like I am on staff here at this church. If I had a problem with my senior pastor, Never would I go to someone who was not on staff or not my senior pastor or not a de- like they're just a standard congregant. Never would I go to them and start bad mouthing my senior pastor. Uh, you know that's that is terrible, terrible leadership. If you if if I have a problem with my with the person above me in the hierarchy, I go to them. I don't go to you know somebody else. Yeah, I think there's even another step to that is if you are. If you're with someone who is bad mouthing, it's also your job to not engage with it. You know, yeah. let's say you are having you're going out to dinner with someone from your church and they're talking about how your senior pastor or whoever, like they can't believe they're doing this and can you believe this? You don't have to sit there and scold them and say you can't have that opinion because mm-hmm. it's it's their opinion. Yeah. But it is your job, even if you agree with them, to mm-hmm. not say yeah, you're right. He yeah. sucks. You know, like, you just, you can't do that. Like it's one of those things you have to, it's not a matter of just not going to people. It's not even engaging in that kind of complaining spirit. Yeah. If you just need to be silent, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but, but you cannot, you you cannot feed into that for sure. Yeah. And if, and if it's a legitimate concern, then you do take it to your lead pastor or whoever's above you. And as you said, Kyle, I don't think that's just unique to to pastoral leadership. That's that's a good principle. Whether you are in a law firm, whether you are in a doctor's office, like you need to be the pioneer and supporter of your higher ups, um, no matter what you do. Yeah. So this one, this this next one, kind of goes with it. So I want to b- tie these two together. The next one I have here is the right to deflect blame. The right to deflect blame, like as a leader. If someone blames you for something, like you don't, you don't get to badmouth the people underneath you. Uh, you know, this all of this basically is like shut your mouth uh, and 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 respect everybody because if someone, if our youth ministry does something and you know we got an event going on, whatever, if one of my adult volunteers, uh, you know, says something or does something that. Yo, a student doesn't like, they go home, tell their parent, and the parent comes and yells at me. I am not going to throw that leader under the bus in that conversation. I am not going to like, yeah, you know what? Here's their phone number. Go go yell at them. Uh, you know, I I sit there and I take the blame. And I love even if it wasn't my fault directly, I love the uh like it's it's basically the NFL quarterback principle where when if if you are the quarterback of the NFL that is commonly looked at as the most valuable position of the team, they are the leader of the team as far as the players go. Uh, and if you lose, then you are the first one to accept blame as the quarterback. And if you win, you're the last one to take credit. You know, if you win, 
Everybody else gets credit. Your offensive line was great. Your receivers were great. If you lose, I got to be better. Yep. That like that's that's I I like calling it the NFL QB principle because basically both of these the right to complain and the right to deflect blame those kind of rhyme I didn't do that on purpose uh, they uh, both of them come down to shutting your mouth and and respecting people which is so countercultural and against your human nature like both of those things are literally the opposite of what you want to do. You know, like if, especially if you take exception to a higher up, you want to be able to just vent and get rid of everything. Yeah. You know, it is, it is incredibly deflating and like just outright difficult when you did everything right, but someone below you screwed up and like, it's your head that's, that's on it, you know? And like, that is tough to just kind of swallow that and do that. But it is one of those things to not do it will cause you so much more hardship and difficulty down the road that like you have to do what is counterintuitive. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. What do we got next? All right. The next thing that the right that you give up when you step into some form of leadership is, you know, the right to go second. You know, like what I, when I look at this one, it's one of those things when you are, lower on the totem pole, you can defer to somebody else, you know, to, to make that decision. Like, ah, I don't know. Like, I'll just, I'll see what Kyle says. I'll see what my, my, my senior pastor says. Like when you are, the higher you go, there's less and less people that you can go to. It, yeah. it, there, there comes a point where you have to go, I'm the leader. And so I'm going to make this decision and I'm going to rise or fall by this decision, Yeah, you know, and it, 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 it kind of, I would say even with that, the window of indecision shrinks a little bit too. Hmm. Like the, the the higher you go and the more, the, I keep saying higher as if this is everything's a hierarchy. It's not. But the, the more prominent of a leader you are, uh, people look to you for decisions a lot quicker. You know, you can't just sit and mull on it for weeks or months at a time. Like they're looking for a response. I got to know by... Tuesday. I got to know, you know, in the next 24 hours and you yep. kind of got to like put your big boy pants on and go, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to seek counsel and I'm going to make this decision and just see what happens. Like you have to, people are looking to you as a leader to go out in front and lead them in faith, you know? And so it's one of those things that the direction of your team, your ministry, your organization, whatever it is that you do, you got to have the conviction and the confidence to go, this is where I'm going. I don't know if this is going to work out exactly how I planned, but I'm going to stick with it. And I'm going to say, all right, everybody follow me as I go first. Yeah. And part of this is that you don't always get to get everybody on board first. Yeah. You know, a real world recent example might be, you know, Derek's church just recently uh, moved from doing one service on Sunday mornings to two services. And I have to imagine that you did not get your entire congregation together, sit them all down, explain why you guys took a vote and there were 200 yes votes and zero no votes, right? That's how it happened. Uh, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you have to, at some point, like not everybody might be on board. Not everybody might even know that the decision is coming. Right. But as the leader... I I don't always get to defer to other people, like you said. Like I I am the one that has to make the decision. As a leader, you actually have to step out and be in front sometimes. It's daunting, right? It's yeah. it, it's incredibly daunting because you don't know if somebody if that second person is going to follow you. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, and it it kind of goes back to that conviction piece. Is something that I have found, Kyle, is people will naturally follow strong leaders, even if they're not sure where you're going. And they're not sure like what is on the horizon. Like if you are a strong leader, like they will follow you, which is kind of scary. What is it that you Yeah, look at, at? Hitler. I, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of- I had, to, I'm sorry, but I had- <laughs> It's it's true though. Is it is it not true? Like it's, that's, that like, that is a, a good example of like, okay, I don't necessarily know where this is going and I, I might not even like where it's going. But because this leader is so strong, now there is a, let's take a moment to clarify, and this might be worth clarifying in his specific case, the difference between a charismatic leader and a good leader, 
yeah, uh, is is palpable. I think it's also important for us to stipulate that we're not giving Hitler props and saying he's a good leader, so let's follow his example. <laughs> but I was trying to think of a way that I could try to defend it, and I can't. No, please I, you don't. Just, you really can't. Um, but it's the the idea behind it is that you know, you as a leader. Uh, the there's I somebody smarter than me once said this, and I'm just gonna quote them anonymously. Uh, but like you have to be the thermostat, not the thermometer. Yeah. Uh, the thermometer reads the temperature of the room and then brings itself to that temperature. A thermostat sets this temperature of the room for everything else, and yeah. so you have to be the one out in front. You have to be the one, not all the time, but most of the time, you have to be the one that makes the decisions and relays that information to everybody else, especially when it's a tough decision, especially when, you know, if, if you are the leader that has to communicate to people, we need to, uh, we need to do a round of layoffs in order to keep this company strong in the long run. That is not a popular decision. That is not a decision that most people would vote for, Yeah, but as a strong leader, making hard decisions like that, stepping out and being the first person to go, uh, eventually, especially when it's the right decision, but a, a decision made in confidence with conviction, a decision made with uh, character behind it and respect for the people around you behind it, uh, those are the leaders where the second person is going to step behind you and the third and the fourth. If, if you are... If you call yourself a leader and you're always stepping out first and there's nobody behind you, you're just going for a walk. You're not leading. Right. But if there are people coming behind you, you know, you, you need to have the second, third, and fourth people, uh, but sometimes you got to be first. Yeah. And something even, I don't, we are, what's fun about this is we're, we're off script here. These, That's none fine. Of, none of these points are what we have. But even Bonus as, content. As we are discussing this, I feel like leading with conviction and authority is different than leading fearless, you know, because I look mm. at like scripture mm. and what you're describing is very scriptural. You look at David when he's facing Goliath, he went first. Everybody else was cowering in their boots behind the Israel lions. And David's like, I'm going to go fight this guy. You look at Gideon's and Gideon's. Gideon in Judges Singular chapter Gideon. six. Um, you Just know, one. he's he's hiding for his life in a wine press because he needs to. And an angel comes and says, Hey, I'm sending you to deliver my people from the Midianites. Like, yeah. you gotta go first. Even looking at Moses, right? Like he's saying, You're gonna lead my people out of Israel. All three of those guys, they didn't have an entourage of people saying, Hey, buddy, we'll follow you. Like they yeah. had to go first. But what I'm what I was gonna say with all that is what I loved with each of those three scenarios is they still went forth, undoubtedly with a little bit of fear, healthy fear, but they went because they had a connection with God before they went. You know, Moses had the burning bush. Like Gideon had the angel saying, I will be with you and I will deliver Midian into your hand. You know, David had the whole, he fought lions and bears and wrestled with his bare hands and went the whole revenant on, this, on these animals. Like, you know, but... They had this this time with God, and it propelled them to step out and lead with conviction and authority. And so it kind of just goes back to pastors. You do have to lead and step out and like lead the way. And it can be scary when you're not sure if anyone's going to follow. But as you are shepherding the flock, like you're following the great shepherd, you're following yeah. Jesus, you know. And so like that's got to be your priority. So another thought here. Man, so much bonus content. I love it. And nobody else thinks it's bonus content except us because they don't see our notes. But Probably uh, a good thing. That, that might be a good thing. Uh, when you are, you know, you know, you're spending that time with God and your heartbeat is getting closer and closer to his, your will is getting closer and closer to his, no matter how close to God's will you get, there are going to be decisions that you get to make in life that your you do not get the neon sign from God. Sure. You know, you don't get the angel that that is saying this is what you are to do next. And sometimes God just puts two open doors in front of you and says pick one. And I'm I I can make them both work. Yeah. But you uh, you have to step forward and pick one. Yeah. Uh God can't steer a parked car. 
<laughs> you you have to actually step out and do something. Yeah. And, and that's where I, I think a lot of leaders get paralyzed in this. They 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 are okay with stepping out first as long as God has given them clear direction. But when God gives his blessing to more than one uh you know more than one option or or he maybe it's like I'm having a hard time hearing like what God wants me to do right now. That is again God sometimes using that to say, yeah, both of these options are okay. And I'm just gonna sit back and see which one you choose. Uh that that makes it sound lazier than it is on his part. But I, I think that, that is that is a situation where a lot of people get caught up trying to have God make the decision for them when God's okay either way. There's like that age old parable or whatever, where the, the guy's drowning out in the ocean, <laughs> you know, and he, God sends a boat and he goes, no, I'm yep. just waiting on God. You know, the whole thing. So, yep. And I feel like that is, that's so spot on. Like God's sending you opportunities, but we're missing it because we're looking for something super specific. So yeah. Well, I think we can probably wrap up. Yeah, that about does it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll move off of that one. The right to go second. Uh, that just makes me think of all of the I am second videos. Uh, I don't know who the organization is that that puts those together. Tyler from Dude Perfect and his wife are on there. Yeah, now, which I've been seeing all over Facebook, and I, I watch episode one. It's really good, which so. is great. And then I saw a video on Instagram Reels yesterday. Which was, uh, are you familiar with the guy that did the VeggieTales rap? Yep. And so I don't know his name, but he has started to, he and some other people have started to produce just like more, you know, content videos, Christian, you know, comedy videos. And they did a series of videos uh, in the same format. And it was called like, I am fourth or something like that. And I didn't, I didn't watch through the whole thing to see if they had, you know, a specific reason why they was fourth. You know, if it was like father, son, and Holy spirit are the first three. And so then I'm for, I don't know, but I thought it was funny. (laughs) Uh, all right. Anyways. So next one, uh, that's, that's on our list here is, uh, the right to defend your image. And this is where we're going to get back to that, uh, social media online presence thing here. You know, People will leave as a pastor, people will leave your church. As an organizational leader, people will quit their job. People will disagree with your leadership style. They will not like you as a human being. Give you a one star review. They, they will give you those one star reviews, which, by the way, I looked as of this recording and we have like 26 five star reviews on, on Spotify. So I appreciate all of our listeners uh, checking us out. Uh, go like us on Instagram, which you know what? Two episodes ago when we launched our, our videos for this and and we're on Instagram now, we did, we recorded the episodes before we actually set up the accounts. And I just kind of like jokingly said, like, I don't know what we're going to call our Instagram handle or or like what we're going to have it because how not to be a youth pastor is too long. Yeah. And so I kind of like flippantly said like how not underscore YP. (laughs) And that's actually what it ended up being. So uh, if you were waiting on that, uh, you can go follow us on Instagram how, at how not underscore YP. And, uh, and we're there and, and Tucker's throwing some some awesome content over there. But anyways, uh, we uh, we have no need to defend our image on social media because our image is so low. So poor. <laughs> uh, our, our view of ourselves is already low enough that your degrading comments mean nothing to no, us. We're just used to it. We expect that. And so honestly, we a little bit expect it and want it just from a comedic factor. Like even if you're joking, I still want you to like kind of make fun of us a little bit. It's great. Uh, but as a leader, you will find yourself in those situations, right? The one star reviews, the, you know, the, the quitting story where they yell in your face and throw something on the ground and storm out. Uh, do you ever want to do that? Like, I mean, you're basically your own boss right now, so maybe not, but if you like, have you ever wanted to do that working in a corporate environment? Uh, I can't say I personally have. I've wanted to see it happen just because I think it. I it's just kind of fun. To like, see. like, can I be the intern in the room? Like, I I'm there taking notes of the meetings or something, and like I just get to witness it. Like, I don't have to be the boss or the person quitting. It'd just be fun to watch. That's uh, that's fair. Uh, anyways, uh, people are gonna talk bad about you as as a leader when given enough time. 
uh, you know, over time it's going to happen eventually. And, and as a leader, uh, you do not get to, you know, go on these public rants, uh, firing back at the person, uh, you know, you talk about poor leadership. Like I, I no longer get to go on social media or, or write a long post, like sharing my side of the story, uh, depending on now in a, in a very serious situation, I'd say maybe, yeah. uh, you know, if you are being accused of something illegal, then you know, they're, or they're immoral or, or immoral. Yeah. Then there might be something that something to that. But you know, if, if, uh, you know, Karen, quits your company and goes on her social media page and just talks about how terrible of a human being you are and how bad of a boss you are. You, the last thing you are doing is going onto her post and commenting on it, which is tough. It's really tough. You know, like I think I, I don't have a ton of experience in the quote unquote business sector. Um, but I do know what it's like when someone leaves your church over something that, um, you know, if you make mistakes, that's a little easier to swallow. Cause you, you can admit and go, okay, yeah, like I screwed up. I would have done that differently. But to your point, there are people who are going to leave your church because of you, because yep. of your personality, the way you preach, the way you carry yourself. And I don't know about you, Kyle, but like, especially early on, I like, I took it personal, you know, yeah. it's like, why don't you like me? You know, like, which, which sounds dumb to say it here, but like you, you sit here and you go, how can I win them back? Or what can I do differently? Um, you know, to, to get this, this back. And what's been really freeing to me is understanding that my wife, who's incredibly wise, kind of, you know, lovingly convicted me and smacked me across the face with this, but like in our church, our mission is to see people come alive in Christ. That is yeah. the mission. And so, you know, it was after one of our core families just left, not not ill will, not malicious. They just, they needed something, a, a change of direction. And I just, I was struggling with it. And she goes, if our mission truly is to see people come alive in Christ, we have to be okay with the fact that they're going to do that in a different place. Yeah, You know, and that has to be the mantra for all of us is, youth pastors, you're going to have students who you pour your heart and soul into. You have them over at your house. They're growing. Things are going great. And all of a sudden they fall off the face of the plant and you find out they left because of something you said or something you embody. And like, it can be hurtful, but you have to understand that if you truly have your students' best interest in mind, you have to be okay with the fact that they're going to go somewhere else and you have to be okay with that, Mm. you know? And so it's one of those things like, I would encourage you to not defend your image, um, even though it is difficult because uh, it's it's truly what's best for you. And again, I have a lot of respect for, like you look at, at any of these big name pastors, Stephen Furtick, John Gray, Mike Todd, Joel Osteen, you can, like, they have a fan club of people who, who hate them. Hate them. <laughs> like will go out of their way to, to blow them apart, you know? And there's a reason that those guys have have continued on. I think you just get to a spot where you go, I'm going to have enemies and I'm okay with that. And I'm just going to be the person that God's called me to be. Yeah. All right. Two more. All right. Two more. This one is uh, a little bit more obvious, but at the same time, I think it's, it's, it's worth sharing. Uh, you no longer can be lazy. The higher you go Dang in leadership, like on. that whole right to be lazy uh, kind of disappears. You know, John Maxwell would just absolutely, you know, be jumping up in our studio right here saying, yes, I wrote seven books on that. He probably um, did. He probably did. Um, but as the leader, it's one of those things you have to be the hardest worker of your organization, right? Like, you're not going to have staff that stick around and follow you if you are just sitting in your office, like eating potato chips and watching Netflix during the workday. Like, yeah, it, that's it, not good. It goes back do to that. that that following thing. Um, and for those who are watching online, you can really appreciate this because Stop it. no, it's Kyle a is stacking candy. Um, if you're listening to the audio version, I really encourage you to go to our Instagram or go to our YouTube so you can Tucker's see this. Tucker's for sure making a video out of this. I mean. I, First of all, I'm just going to say I'm impressed. Thank you. Because that those are very oblong-shaped Jolly Ranchers. Um, I also hope— Just for the record, I'm also doing this left-handed. That's even more impressive. 
Ah, there it is. There All right, it, it fell is. over. My tower fell. Of did you do that Jolly on purpose Rancher. during the the lazy segment? I was here? being productive. Okay, well, there, there's that <laughs> with my time. <laughs> but now you can do the same thing with Skittles. Okay, just try perfect. to stack them up. Why is this so inflated? In know. any case, can I can putting I, this pile of candy here was a terrible idea. I Whose idea it. was that? I think we should do kind of like friends where we, every single time we record, there's something different here. Okay. So this time it's a pile of candy. Next time it's a bar of soap. That is one option. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Can we'll I continue, see. please? Yes, please okay. continue talking about how lazy we shouldn't be. Okay. Here's what I will stipulate here. Just because you're the hardest worker doesn't mean that you have to work the most hours. Yeah. Like, there's a there's there's a reason you don't see Jeff Bezos opening the factories and closing them down every single night. True. I'm pretty not sure Jeff Bezos also tried to build a ship that was so big that they would have to tear down a 200-year-old bridge and what that was a historical monument in order to get it out of the harbor and then people revolted. Well, tomato tomato, you know. That's for our we actually I believe that the United Kingdom is our second biggest listenership outside of the United States. And uh, this on. this didn't happen Big in the fan. UK. It was like Amsterdam or something like that, but close. Yeah. So not yeah. far. But you, Jeff Bezos maybe doesn't work enough or, or takes advantage of some people. There's some other pieces of advice here yeah. that maybe he uh or that, that don't always are aren't compatible. But yeah, like I I guess in a in a more practical youth ministry context, your lead pastor probably isn't the first one at the office and the last one every single day. Um, you know, but that doesn't mean that he isn't doing hard things or she's not doing hard things or, or whatever it is. So, you know, it is one of those things is, you know, I think as the higher you go and along with this, like you need to get really good at looking ahead. You know, you can no longer just do, um, problem management, you know, and go, okay, what's right in front of my face. I can get rid of like, you are working hard by going, where is this ship going in a year, two years, five years? Since I feel like it's appropriate to quote John Maxwell now that we brought him up. Uh, and I'm just going to say, this is a leadership quote, so I'm just going to assume that John Maxwell said it, which is usually a pretty good assumption. Yeah. Uh, what is urgent? What's most urgent is not always what what's most important. I'm looking it it's up. Something like that. Uh, you know, if, if a problem arises... It is our instinct, if it is an urgent problem, our instinct is to solve it quickly. You got something for me? Mm, inconclusive. No. Wikipedia is inconclusive on the origins of this quote. I, I, I will say that um, Eisenhower, I believe the wow. was quoting a different doctor who said, the urgent are not important, and the important are never urgent. So again, different quote, but well, someone once said, "How's that?" I like uh, that a lot. Yeah, I I do think that a lot of times in when you are in leadership, problems get brought to you. Yep, and and you are tasked with solving the problems. And then at the end of the day, at the end of your shift, whatever it is, you go home, and on the drive home, you're thinking. I feel like I got nothing done today because all I did was put out fires. All I did was solve other people's problems, which is not bad work, but it doesn't leave room for some of the more important stuff. You did the urgent, but you didn't do the important. And so I think finding ways to prioritize the important is what will help you, you know, kind of, stay the course as far as being a hard worker you know important prioritizing is uh is key there there's practical things with that too i know we've had this discussion i think you and i this is one of the few things like we see just a little differently but i think that kind of just proves the point here for me personally i in my current state and in my current role in my church i have started to 70 percent of the time sermon prep off-site just because I know that, you know, if I am in my office, you know, people will come and talk to me or bring things to me, which is great. I want yeah. them to, but it is one of those things is you, it's hard to hit a rhythm of writing a sermon when you're interrupted every 40 minutes, you know, yeah. and you get pulled into a pretty meaningful conversation and that kind of thing. So 
it's it's creating margin in your life intentionally where you might have to schedule an appointment that involves you being unavailable for two hours so you can get some things done. You know, you don't have to disclose what that appointment is. That appointment is you with the Lord and 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 doing what He's called you to do. Right. But you know, there are practical things to go along with that. And too. just to be so. clear, this is not a you know difference of philosophy that Derek and I have, or one way is righter than the other. Writer? Writer. Really? Nice. Kyle, come on. <laughs> Jeez. Tucker, can we get a clip of that? That'd be no, awesome. Thanks. No. <laughs> um, well, not, one of them is not more right than the other. I just have too much ADHD to work at a coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, like I have to, you saw me, I just started stacking Jolly Rancher. Uh, what are these called? I like don't Jolly know. Rancher Chews. I'm, I'm a, uh, should I try one? Go for it. The uh, Honestly, the red ones here, the, the cherry ones, uh, like... Are maybe the most flavorful. Is this like a ripoff of Starburst? Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. Jolly Rancher made Starburst ripoffs. Jolly Rancher made Skittle ripoffs. Jolly Rancher has basically tried to get into. They made like bubblegum ripoffs. Like it just. They try to do everything. Have you ever seen a Jolly Rancher? I don't know that I know very many ranchers. So let alone ranchers who are Jolly. What's uh what's the verdict? How does it taste? Not great. Really? Mm-mm, don't oh, like well. I I said it was the most flavorful. I didn't say it tasted good. Wow. I that is what the video that we need right there. <laughs> it's Derek making that face. Um okay, last uh last right here that uh that we're going to talk about. This is the right to take a break. And this one is a little bit more ministry specific. And before people start canceling me, who would even care enough to cancel our podcast? Uh, our wives. <laughs> but <laughs> you say our wives. <laughs> I, so my wife was here at our church this morning. Uh, we have an event coming up. And so she was helping out with some stuff. And she, like maybe 20, 25 minutes ago, I saw her in the window of my office just kind of wave because she was leaving which I think is about as close to on the podcast as we are ever going to get her. That's correct. But um, so outside of me talking about her, which she can't stop. So haha. Um, what I'm not talking about here, like as a leader, you give up the right to take a break. I'm not talking about like Sabbath. Right. I, like, like that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is like you hold the title of your position, whether you are at work or not. If I am an assembly line worker in an Amazon packaging facility, uh, I I did not write that in my notes. I don't know where that came from, but Jeff I'm, Bezos. I probably. like it. You know what? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. I forgot we hit that. Uh, I'm an assembly line worker at an Amazon distribution center, and I I clock in. That is what I do. When I clock out, I do not have to carry any of that work with me. I do not have to carry that title with me. Nobody cares that I am an assembly line worker at a distribution facility for Amazon. Yep. Like that is, that's just the thing I do to make money. Yeah. When you are in leadership, it is important to unplug, but that title does not go away. You know, like if you, like for me as a youth pastor, who knows when I'm going to run into a youth student. Like I, I go to Walmart or Chipotle and there's a youth student working there. I had, this didn't involve me specifically, but over spring break a month ago, we had two of our youth students who like, I mean, they're not, they don't hate each other, but they're not friends necessarily. They wound up on the same Caribbean cruise. Like, what are the odds of that? You know, you can go on vacation and run into somebody, you know, from your office. And so how you conduct yourself as a leader you do not get to turn that switch on and off. No. Uh, I'm a leader when I'm at church, but when I go to Home Depot, I can, you know, just knock stuff off the shelves because there's no consequences. Yeah. You shouldn't do that anyway. But does that make sense? It makes complete sense. And I think what is what is challenging and, and, and critical with that is, you know, we live in a day and age where people will know you that you have never met. You know, because oh, our, yeah. our our church services are online, I, it was so cool. But like, I had a, I had a couple come to our church a month ago. They're like, yeah, we've been watching. I've never met them before. Never seen them before. Never had a mutual connection. They just came and visited. I was like, hey guys, how's it going? This is your first time? Yeah, it's our first time here. We actually been been watching you online for like two months. So like, 
they know exactly who I am. They, oh, yeah. they, they know who my family is, it, but <laughs> I don't know who they are. No so, clue. You know, so it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if we're out at, you know, Applebee's and I'm getting sloshed, you know, and, and just getting like belligerent and, and, and they happen to be eating dinner there, it's all of a sudden going like, huh, okay, well, I'm not going to that church anymore or, yep. or whatever it is. But it's not like you have to live perfect. So we're not saying that either, but it's understanding that as a pastor, like you need, especially in a small community, because like in my community, it's a small town. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people know who I am, not because I'm just the man, but just because they're friends of this person who goes to my church. And so they're always watching, you yeah. know? And so it, it, it's, I think the, the takeaway for that, Kyle, is don't, just don't fake it, right? Like, it's not that you have to live in a bubble and live like perfect all the time. It's just a matter of like, you better be doing behind closed doors what people think you're doing behind closed doors. Yep. You know, like, like it's, you don't have to fake it if you're genuine. You don't have to fake being a good person if you're genuinely seeking God and wanting to be a good person. Like, it's not that hard to fake it. Yeah, and this is true for not anybody. just pastors. <laughs> yeah. This is true for anybody. Like, you know, set the character standard when you are not in the leadership position so that when you rise to the leadership position, nothing changes. Correct. And, you know, when you are the, like, I think this one is probably a big one as well for us to mention, you know, online social media activity where, you know, as a pastor, like I cannot just go online and, you know, if they, if they see me as, as a person, as, as someone, as a personality as a youth pastor and that's my character and then they see a different personality and a different set of character in what I post online that's a problem slamming and, and, people in comments right or whatever it else. could that the language that I choose to use that could be something that turns someone off of coming to a church just as easily as it could turn somebody off from using your company's product correct like they, this is not that it's not necessarily specific to churches on this like there is a, a character standard that should be there all throughout yeah yeah here's what I kind of think is kind of perfectly sums up this whole episode is, you know, to relinquish these rights that you have. Because again, human nature, you have rights to these things, but to relinquish them intentionally is just another form of servanthood. Mm -hmm. You know, Mark chapter 10 says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Can I ask a question about that verse? Yeah. When was the last time you read that verse and didn't think of the meme of Jesus playing tennis? I've never seen that meme. What? I need to look it up now. Oh, your life will never be the same. Served. I'm getting, I can't. Yeah, like the tennis reference. Well done. It's great. Well done. I love it. Way to take scripture and just completely ruin the moment. Well, that's like the fifth (laughs) scripture reference you've made. And so I had to derail it somehow. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But I think we can all agree that if there's any human that's ever walked the planet, Pretty sure Jesus probably had the most rights, uh, being God's son and all, mm-hmm. uh, being fully Accurate. God. Um, you know, and the dude was perfect, literally sinless, unblemished, holy. And you know, you want to talk about relinquishing your rights? He got falsely accused, put on a cross, brutally, brutally beat for something he did not do, scolded at, yelled at, all the while he just sat there and took it. Why? so that we could have salvation, you know, so that we could have a new life in Christ. So if you want to try and justify it to God, why what you did was justified and fair, it's going to be a tough sell because if there's anyone who was justified in what they were feeling and justified in what they could have done, it's Jesus himself. Yet he chose not to for the betterment of the people. So if you want to talk about relinquishing your rights, you have to follow the principle and the model of Jesus, which is I came to serve and not be served. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to kind of just sum up this whole principle of, you know, leaders are called to put others before themselves. Leaders are called to kind of set that standard for the rest of their organization Yeah, uh, in everything that you do. 
and, and so I will, this is a kind of a random shout out to close it out here, but, uh, there is an organization. I don't, I don't know the name of the guy. I think his first name might be Dan. That's all I got. Uh, that also could be wrong. I don't know what this company sells. I don't know what the name of the company is, but there's an organization out in Seattle where like the CEO of the entire company <clears throat> makes like, I think a hundred and 20% of what like the lowest level person makes like everybody's salaries are so crunched together. Like he's not out there. He could be making multi-million dollars, uh, you know, for his salary, but he chose to kind of set a standard of like, I'm, I'm going to, this is a way that I can serve my employees. I can make everybody else's salaries go up by not having an ex an exorbitant salary myself. What was his name? I thought his name was Dan. Well done. Is it really? Dan Price, the CEO of Gravity Payments, a Seattle-based payment processing company. After reading an article on how income affects happiness, Price decided to do something for his workers, which was to take his, let me go, let me see here, uh, 120 employees in his company. Okay. The new minimum starting salary would be 70K per year, which came out of his CEO salary. There you go. I'm impressed. That was <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you pulled that thank you. right out. Well uh, done. Yeah, I I think that uh like that is obviously that is uh I it's just a great principle. Yeah, for sure. Uh you know, that that is an example of a leader relinquishing some of the rights that he has uh in order to serve the people that are underneath him and his in his organization. Yeah. I love that. Uh, all right, that does it for today's episode. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Audio, visual, we got it all, and we're glad to share it with you. Uh, until next time, Derek, I think it's about time that I go check out an episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Goodbye. Goodbye.